Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is a Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. A couple of things. Number one, Harry Douglas, he's been rolling, rolling, rolling all over the place. He's feeling a little bit under the weather because he had a little sleepy time down south. Not once, but twice. We usually have a meeting before the show gets started. And Harry <laughs> Douglas was not one, not two, but a lucky, unlucky 13 minutes late to the meeting. <laughs> so if Harry sounds a little peaky today, it's because that boy's usually bad. That boy tired today on a Friday. <laughs> Freddie, man. So last night when I got on the airplane, I had no intentions. Uh-huh. I'm going to sleep. I put it on NFL Network, and I was yeah. watching. I started off watching Green Bay versus Dallas, mm-hmm. um, that game back at Lambeau Field, right? right. Aaron Rodgers played, and they won in overtime. Yeah. Next thing you know, Freddie, the plane has landed, and I'm waking up. <laughs> I was tired as I don't know what. And Mr. then, Mr. so Douglas, my son. Mr. Douglas, the flight has landed. <laughs> Mr. Douglas. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They had to get me up. Uh-huh. The lady beside me, though, she was like, excuse me, we're here. <laughs> she had to get out. You're here. You're so, here. My wife takes my son to the doctor today. He has the flu. Uh-oh. So I don't know if I'm feeling like uh-huh. like I'm I'm getting it. Uh-huh. But I've I've taken two naps today. And it's not even four o'clock yet. I know. And I and I don't take naps in the daytime. <laughs> I've taken two naps. I woke up, I said, damn, I'm late for the meeting. <laughs> Usually if you take that many naps, recess is right behind it. Because <laughs> you're, you're in school. <laughs> me, me and the wife, we supposed to have date night tonight. Uh huh. I'm gonna see if she wants to do it on Monday because okay. I am yeah. exhausted. Yeah, 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 you wore out. Let's put it that way. But, but, <laughs> oh, but but, I, but I'm gonna come through. I got to deliver for the people. Oh, I'm not worried about you delivering for the people, especially yeah. when you've already delivered Pat McAfee show, shouting you out today with that boy bad. Our guy Devin King, one of our guys behind the scenes, he put that on the text chain. I'm thinking, look at that, Harry Douglas. Getting shouted out by Pat McAfee and the crew on their show earlier today. Man, I was able to have a conversation with Pat um, after the national championship game for mm-hmm. a little second. And, and everyone who does a show, uh, I talked to DB, man, mm-hmm. Connor, uh, Tone Diggs. I had a chance to talk to all of those guys. Just great, genuine conversations right. about, you know, the media world and, you know, moving forward and whatnot and what I want and what they want. Just, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a great conversation. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, it may have been the best conversation he had all week. Because there were a, <laughs> a lot of conversations that he was in the middle of that had nothing to do with him that weren't the best of conversations regarding the Pat McAfee show. By the way, you can join the conversation anytime you want. How do you do that? You can be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or Harry having not one but two naps without a delicious taste in high school. Dr. Pepper, it is the one fan 
fans deserve. Now we got the sleepy thing out the way. Let's get to the main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. We're going to get to the new Patriot way. That apparently does not include waiting to, ha- to have a next head coach taking the place of Bill Belichick a couple weeks down the line. We're going to get to that in a minute. But regarding a guy who's close to Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, meaning both of those guys together, leaving their jobs or being told to leave their jobs within 24 hours of each other, if the Patriots got a new head coach quick, fast, Alabama may be in the same boat. According to Chris Lowe and Pete Thamel of ESPN, Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer, who led them to a not only Pac-12 championship, but also a national championship game for the loss to Michigan. It seems that a contract is being negotiated, Harry, to take over for Nick Saban. They've made an aggressive pitch, but if the reports are out there to be believed, he may wind up doubling his salary, which is right now at $4.2 million, to leave Washington and to be the next head coach replacing Nick Saban at Alabama. I love you, Seattle. Sorry, got to go. <laughs> Double my salary, got to go. Mm-hmm. But I would say this also, when you look at Kalen DeBoer, I think it's well-deserved. When you look at a guy who started at Sioux Falls, well, actually started at high school football in Washington, and then Sioux Falls went to Eastern Michigan, Southern Illinois, Fresno State, Indiana, in the last two years at Washington and what he was able to do with a record of 25-3, and three, mm-hmm. and the respect that – he garnered throughout college football from coaches, from players to administrators. Right. I think that's a, a strong enough tale to say, okay, Alabama is making this decision because you also have someone that's mature, right. can handle certain situations. Okay. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think the one thing that kind of dawned on me, Freddie, is that when I'm looking at all the places that Kalen DeBoer ha- has been, and I look at where he's from, which is South Dakota, he hasn't made his way down south yet. No. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. you know, normally in these type of situations, you know, schools like Alabama, they go with a guy that's been heavy in the south or has at least been in the south at some point within right. their career. Right. No doubt about that. I mean, look at Bear Bryant. Was at Kentucky? Alabama took that job and became a living legend. Gene Stallings played at Alabama. Was at Texas A&M before it took over that job. Nick Saban coached at LSU and then the Miami Dolphins before going to Alabama. But if you're wondering why, based on Harry's point, because it's a fair point, going after somebody from the Pacific Northwest, not somebody with Southern ties. Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN College Football Reporter, said as much on Sportsman about why this guy and why this quickly. Kalen DeBoer took Washington to the CFP National Championship game for the first time in school history. He's got a short track record as one of the best offensive minds in the game. When Nick Saban's retired on Wednesday, I think it was obvious to Alabama officials that some of his uh, most successful disciples, Kirby Smart at Georgia, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, were in good situations, probably weren't going to leave. Uh, they, they focused in on DeBoer and Florida State's Mike Norvell. But I think uh, Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletics director, felt Kalen DeBoer was the, the best choice to take on a, a challenging position at Alabama and replacing Nick Saban. Well, I think with the transfer portal still open, I think you've, in today's college football, you've got to make a decision. You've got to keep uh, your roster from turning over. You know, I think that the, the days of exhaustive searches to, to find the best guy, they are over. 
And when you look at other coaches that potentially could have gotten this job, you look at a Steve Sarkeesian, mm-hmm. he's doing very well at Texas. They're moving mm-hmm. into the SEC. He just took Texas to the college football playoffs before actually losing to Kalen LeBoer and the Washington Huskies. When you look at a guy in Kirby Smart who's thriving like hell, who's been to three championship games, winning two of those at the University of Georgia. Right. And I would also say Dan Lanning as well. You look at how in love with the Oregon job he is, when all those guys are off the board, you say to yourself, okay, who really has been able to make a splash in college football, not just a one-hit wonder in one year, but was able to do it back-to-back years and really grind it their way to the top? Well, that's Kalen DeBoer. And a lot of people, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, they have the utmost respect for him Mm -hmm. as a man first, but also as a coach coaching college football and the way he's able to deal with those young men who are student athletes. Put it this way. When you're Kalen DeBoer, when you go 25 and three at a power school and that parlays itself in Alabama, that's when you know what kind of job that is in Alabama. Because in the previous years, a lot of coaches said, I don't want that smoke replacing Nick Saban. At Alabama, yeah, I think I'll stay at Washington. Well, Dale and DeBoer was like, look, I love it here. You can't pass that up. There's certain jobs in sports that when it opens up and you're the leading guy, you got to do it. Kentucky basketball, Notre Dame football, Cowboys head coach, and Alabama football. We can always say, I don't think I want to be the guy to replace Nick Saban. Well, somebody got to do it. And if you're Alabama football, you're not worried about replacing an icon. Because that's irreplaceable. He's irreplaceable when it comes to Nick Saban. It's about what Mark Schleyball said in the final 13 seconds of that cut. When you got NIL and Transfer Portal, you can't afford to wait in this day and age. And if you got a guy that understands exactly what that's all about and went 25-3 and and took a Power 5 team to a championship game before they lost to Michigan in the second half of that one, that's the new day and age of college football. That's the new day and age of college athletics. If you wait, then Kellen DeBoer stays where he is, and you miss out on the guy that may be exactly the guy you need, Harry, in modern football and modern times on and off the field to make sure that we got the right guy for the kind of landscape that college football is right now. And also, I would say this, when you look at the offense that Washington was able to run the last two years with Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. at the quarterback position with the wide mm-hmm. receivers and the tight ends and the running back, Dylan Johnson, just declared for the NFL draft along with Romo Dunze. If you're a young kid in high school, yep. and I know they just had a five-star recruit, either five- or four-star recruit decommit. Now, if I'm him, I'm trying to recommit. Absolutely. Because I understood, I understand what that offense looked like in 2023 and what that offense looked like in 2022. And I know he's going to want to throw it around or whatnot and pertain that offense to the skill set of his playmakers. Yeah, no that, doubt that's about what that. he's proven in the last two years. And by the way, for those who don't know this, Alabama tried to hire their offensive coordinator from Washington last year. It makes sense that he's not from the South. Nick Saban knew enough to look at that offense and say, if I can get that guy to replace Bill O'Brien, Grubbs decided to stay at Washington as the offensive coordinator. And we saw kind of eye candy offense. They were able to put together Washington, winning the Pac-12 championship, finishing undefeated in the regular season, and getting to a championship game. So Alabama people knew about Kalen DeBoer based on the guy that he's replacing. Said, man, if I could get that guy to take over this offense, we're going to be doing some things. So it's not that much of a stretch, Harry, even though he has not coached in the South or has no Southern ties. Nick Saban, in his wisdom, knew enough to say, who am I going to replace Bill O'Brien with? And he went after that guy before Grubbs, the offensive coordinator, Washington, turned him down. Right. It's all about, you know, the Alabama 
uh, upper officials and also Nick Saban last year saying, you know what? I, I respect coaches and I respect football, people who understand and knows what they're doing mm-hmm. on the football field from a coaching perspective. And I, I mean, I like everything about the hire. I can't sit up here and say I don't like it. Um, Alabama had to make this hiring before the weekend was over with. Mm-hmm. They, could, they couldn't wait to make this hiring because now, like I mentioned, there's a 30-day window and when these guys can transfer right. if they decide to. Now you got a Kalen DeBoer in there. Now you may be able to keep some of these guys. Nick Saban is still going to be around. Mm-hmm. He's going to still be able to you know, put his input on things as well. So I, I like where the Alabama program is right now. I can't sit yeah. up here today right now and say, oh, man, Bama's making a mistake. No, right. I think they're making a good decision. And mark my words, Nick Saban had a lot to do with this hire. Mark my words. The athletic director, Greg Burns, said, Nick, what do you think? And Nick said, you better go get that guy because if you don't, somebody else in this league may hire him. Then you got to deal with that. This is the perfect guy to replace me. Don't think for one second Nick Saban did not have a lot to do with the guy taking his place at Alabama. And it looks like it's going to be Kalen DeBoer. As of right now, the coach of Washington, but that may not be in the offing. That could happen any minute now. He could be announced as the next coach of Alabama replacing Nick Saban. Great stuff by Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. We are Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Presented by Progressive Insurance, you can bundle home and auto, and you can save. How do you do that? By visiting Progressive.com. Oh, wait a minute. I'm hearing breaking news in my ear. I am being told that the New England Patriots are hiring Gerard Mayo as the successor to Bill Belichick per Adam Shepard. For this to be the leader of one of the flagship franchises of the NFL moving forward, I think it's a good day in Foxborough, and it's a good day for the NFL. It seems that the last three mornings, every time I wake up, all hell breaks loose. Wednesday, Pete Carroll fired essentially by the CLC Hawks. Yesterday, Bill Belichick and the Patriots mutually parting ways in 24 years. Harry, I wake up this morning, get my stretch on, getting ready to work out, turn on the TV. Gerard Mayo, now the new head coach of New England Patriots. A formal announcement is going to happen next week. I'm afraid to get him tomorrow. Who's going to be hired tomorrow on a Saturday when we got Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL and the last three to four days? Coaching hirings all breaking loose. But this has been in the works apparently for more than a minute. This is a new page away. They weren't waiting. They believe they had their guy and they were not going to wait to see if anybody else was going to be out there. I'm ecstatic. I'm very, very happy for Gerard Mayo to be able to you know, from the University of Tennessee to being drafted in the first round of 2008, joining the coaching staff in 2019, and earning the trust of Robert Kraft, earning the trust of Bill Belichick when he was the coach there, and earning the trust of those players as well for Robert Kraft to say, you know what, you're going to be the successor of Bill Belichick. And today he was named the head coach of the New England Patriots moving forward. So I'm extremely proud of him in those regards. Now, the next step for Gerard Mayo, I want to know, okay, who is going to be the OC? Is he going to keep Bill O'Brien? Who all is he going to keep on the staff? Is he going to keep Belichick's um, kids? Because I believe he has a great relationship with with, Steve. Yep. On the defensive side of things. So that's the next step for him right now. But I think this weekend and, and enjoy it to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you got to look at this college film and see who all you want to draft and bring in. You got a big decision to make with the third overall pick and who you're going to take at the quarterback position. That's very valuable to the organization yeah. and your coaching um, career moving forward. So 
I say enjoy it today. Right. And tomorrow you're on the prowl. Yeah. If anything, if we know Gerard Mayo like we known and heard about Gerard Mayo, he's already in the prowl. He's already Young, youngest youngest coach now in the yeah, National Football yeah, League at yeah, 37 yeah. years old. When you're young and he's not hungry, he's hangry. Yep. When you're young and hangry to make things work, you're not going to wait until a press conference. He's probably already hit the ground running in terms of who he wants to bring in, who he wants to move on from, what are they going to do in free agency, what are they going to do when it comes to the NFL draft. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter, when he was on Unsportsmanlike this morning with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman, he said, we may have just heard about Gerard Mayo in terms of being hired that quickly, but this has been going on for more than a minute. This is something that the Patriots had as a succession plan going back to last year. They identified Gerard Mayo as the person they wanted to ultimately succeed Bill Belichick. Whenever that time came, obviously that time came this offseason, this week. Uh, why? His leadership, they know him well from him having played for the Patriots from 2008 to 2015. They believe he's a special developer of young individuals. And between that, his knowledge of the game, they feel he's the right coach for this moment. I'm going to call Mike Reese a rascal, and here's why. I guarantee <laughs> you, he knew all of that yesterday at the press conference. He's on Sports Center. He's on Get Up. He's not giving anything away. There's no way that Mike Reese just found that out. He was just smiling on the camera, looking all swollen, his uniform and his suit and everything, <laughs> when he knew he had that kind of information because here's the deal with that, what he just said. Robert Kraft warned everybody last offseason where he said, I'm not putting up with this, meaning not just competing, but being irrelevant. This was the ultimate, ultimate Belichick thing to do. He did the same thing to Bill Belichick, Harry, that Belichick has always done to people that have outlived their due date or outlived their usefulness. Robert Kraft did not look at 20 years of six Super Bowl championships and nine Super Bowl championships. He said, Bill Belichick? You have outlived your usefulness. I'm going to do to you what you've done to players. You've always wanted to say, I'd rather move on from a player a year too early than keep a player a year too late. That's why Tom Brady wound up in Tampa Bay, because Bill Belichick did not want to run the risk that he could have been there a year past his due date. Robert Kraft said, I've given you four years. This Patriot way worked when you had number 12. We ain't got number 12. This Patriot way ain't working. I find it extremely ironic that Robert Kraft put it out there last year, then implemented that this year to say, Bill Belichick, you may still be a great coach, but not here because you've outlived your usefulness no matter what we did for 20 years when old number 12 was playing quarterback and he was able to cover up a lot of sins and transgressions that were going on on your watch. But to be honest, Freddie, it's, it's kind of tricky, though, because we did hear that from Robert Kraft, but I can't sit up here and say, you know what, I 100% believed it. Because at the end of the day, when you look at a guy in Bill Belichick and his resume and what he had done, but it was Robert Kraft looking in, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what has Bill done for us lately? And I knew I know where this program was, this organization was, mm -hmm. and I know where this organization is now, mm -hmm. and I have to move forward. Yeah. And a lot of us, I'm not the only one, a lot of us didn't believe it, right, because of the track record of Bill Belichick. 
and and what he has done throughout his 24-year career as a head coach in New England. But, Mm -hmm. like I say all the time, all great things got to come to an end at some point. And Mm -hmm. this is the end of the road for Bill Belichick in New England, but the start of the road for Gerard Mayo, a young, hungry head coach. And some of the things that stood out to me that Mike Reese talked about was leadership. Number one, you hiring a head coach, he better have those leadership qualities and skills, especially at a place like New England. Number two, the knowledge of the game. He played the game at a high level. He had production as a, at a high level playing in the National Football League, but was able to learn from the best, the greatest of all time, Bill Belichick. And then lastly, a developer. See, there's a lot of guys that can have the X's and O's, but mm-hmm. can you break it down mm-hmm. to players that in which all five or four of them may learn differently and you have to deliver yeah. the information to them in different ways. Yeah, that's a part now. of development. Yeah, that's, that's right. You're exactly right on that because now more than ever before, you really have to do a much better job if you're the Patriots of developing young players. And yep. I wonder how much of Mac Jones not developing cost Bill Belichick his job. I wonder how much of the fact that Mac Jones regressed each and every year from his first year when they made the playoffs and he never seemed to get better, and he never seemed, or the coach never seemed to figure that out. I wonder how much of that fact in the Robert Kraft decision saying we can't continue with Bill Belichick down this road anymore. We got a guy that fell to us. We were fortunate. A guy that lit it up when he played at Alabama with all those weapons. Why were you not able, as great as a coach you've been, why you couldn't make it work with that guy when he fell to us? We thought this is the perfect guy to be A.B. after Brady. And look, he played more like Greg Brady than Tom Brady when it comes to Mac Jones. I wonder how much of that fact in Robert Kraft's decision to say, if he can't help Mac Jones and figure that out, then I can't trust him anymore to evaluate young players and make sure we don't continue down this losing path that we've been in for the last three years, especially after the first year when Mac Jones had a chance to get this team into the playoffs. See, that's it right there. When Mac Jones had a decent rookie season and they were in the playoffs and you had a, a, a tiny bit of success, right? Yeah. But then in year two, you're Bill Belichick and you make a decision not to have a real offensive coordinator Absolutely. lead this young man so he can have that growth in his sophomore season. Right. That's when it all started right there. Yeah, no doubt about that. The last three years after that playoff, the last couple of years have not not been good times, but now it's a new day, a new Patriot way. But it won't be the old Patriot way now that Gerard Mayo is taking over Bill Belichick, who was put aside after 24 years yesterday. Real quick, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic is reporting that Washington, meaning University of Washington football, has called a team meeting for 1.30 local time, meaning Pacific time, 4.30 Eastern time. This is all the making. More Kellen news? De- yeah, this has all made Kellen DeBoer being the Alabama head coach by, by the time 6 o'clock Eastern time rolls around. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that means. According to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, Washington, University of Washington football, they've called a team meeting for 4.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Pacific time. That's according to what a source told him. Kellen DeBoer, according to reports, is in contract negotiation to become the new coach of Alabama. That seems to be more of a certainty and not just a rumor, especially for a new day and age for Alabama football, replacing Nick Saban. By the way, Peter, Peter Burns from the SEC Network and the best week ever on ESPN Radio. He's going to join us in an hour to talk about the new Alabama head coach and what does that mean replacing Nick Saban. Pete Burns from the SEC Network and best week ever on ESPN Radio. He's going to join us at 430 Eastern time on here on Freddie and Harry. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. We go back to the National Football League. Which team can ill afford to lose on NFL Super Wild Card Weekend when it comes to Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? And could Bill Belichick have a job one of those teams? Whoever loses. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on SiriusXM Channel 80, as well as telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's a great Love Friday for the DeBoer family. According to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, he has just reported on social media at CeeLo ESPN that Kalen DeBoer has agreed to a deal to replace Nick Saban as the new head coach of Alabama. By the way, for those who don't know Kalen DeBoer, other than what happened on Monday, he led Washington to a Pac-12 championship and a college title game in his second season. He's won 11 or more games in seven of his nine seasons, Harry, being a college football head coach. Kalen DeBoer, according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, about to be the new Alabama head coach replacing Nick Saban. Yeah, I also was looking at his resume. He hasn't been... Uh, more than two years at a place in a very, very long time. But that's not a knock on him. That's just showing how quickly he's been able to elevate because he's been so great at what he does. And I'm extremely excited for him. His overall record in football period, 104 and 12. That speaks for itself as well. (laughs) Say that out loud again. Uh, 104 and 12 as a head coach. That's not too shabby. That That doesn't stink. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> that does not stink. Nope. Also, Chris Lowe's reporting, he talked to somebody who knows Kellen DeBoer very well. He said he's what you want in a modern-day coach and that he understands the challenges of maximizing the talent of today's players and has the ability to get those players to buy in. Important qualities because coaching in this day and age is completely not the same the way it used to be when Nick Saban took over Alabama 17 seasons ago. So I interviewed Romo Dunze at the national championship during media media day, right? And I asked him, man, how how are you guys in the receiver room able to 
you know, have so much love for one another. And he basically pointed to the culture and he said, you know, we, we have a friendly competition amongst each other, but our culture allows us to be team for, first oriented. And that comes from the guy in charge, which was Kalen right. DeBoer, now going to be the Alabama head coach. And I just thought it was phenomenal that Romo Dunze, the star receiver, a guy who's going in the first round, probably a top 15 pick, said that about the culture there in Washington. And, and it also speaks to um, the excellence of Kalen DeBoer mm-hmm. and, and, and lets you know that Alabama got it right. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely see. But put it this way, Kalen DeBoer. Boy, you're a certified public accountant. He's going, yippee. If you're Jimmy Sexton, his agent, he's going, yippee. Because he's about to double his salary from the $4.2 million he made last year being the Washington head coach, about to become the new Alabama head coach, replacing Nick Saban. Like we mentioned, Peter Burns from the SEC Network and Best Week Ever on ESPN Radio. He's going to join us in 60 minutes to talk about Alabama's new head coach, replacing the dude that was Nick Saban. He'll stop by Freddie and Harry in 60 minutes. It's right here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. But there are games being played this weekend in the NFL. It is Super Wild Card Weekend. Got two games on Saturday. Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, and then the Frigid Bowl. Miami at Kansas City. Game time temperature, minus 7. Windchill factor, excuse me, minus 27. Good luck going to that game and watching that game in person. On Sunday, another Frigid Bowl. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Game time temperature, about 13 degrees. Winds could be up to 45, 50 miles an hour. After that, Dallas versus Green Bay. That game's the second game on Sunday. Then the last game on Sunday night, Detroit hosting L.A. And then on Monday night, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tampa game time at 8.15 Eastern time on ABC and ESPN. If I throw this question at you, Harry Douglas, when you got the Dallas Cowboys, the second seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we thought were going to be the second seed, and then they had a terrible December and early January, which team can ill afford to lose between the Cowboys and Eagles? Who are you taking and why? I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason why I say that is because coming into the season, there's not no added pressure to me on Mike McCarthy because coming into the season, we were basically saying that he was coaching for his job. That was half the reason why, you know, uh, Kellen Moore was no longer the offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy said, you know what, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out on my terms, not someone else's terms. Mm -hmm. Now, Mike McCarthy has been able to do a phenomenal job after getting in Dak Prescott's way within the first few games of the season and allowing him to just eat and and, and take this offense to new heights in a higher level. Um, I just think context matters as well. If you have a guy in Mike McCarthy that's dialing up plays left and right and putting the offense in positions to be successful and calling the right plays for Dak and getting the football uh, to his tight end, to C.D. Lamb, to Brandon Cooks, and it's a shootout, but the defense is letting this Dallas Cowboys team down. Well, are we going we gonna to let go of a guy that's 12-5 and five the last three years? The man just dialed, dialed it up. So I, th- I do believe context matters. Okay. Well, Dak Prescott agrees with your context, especially when it comes to his offense. Yeah, I don't know if I've had this much confidence or a greater feel than I have with this offense, with this team, um, with our approach and, and how we're going to go and take care of things. As a Cowboys fan like I am, Harry Douglas, you said the exact right things. But it's the Philadelphia Eagles that can ill afford to lose, especially by what we've seen the last month or so. We know what we've seen from Dallas ever since they lost to San Francisco. I said it when they played the Philadelphia Eagles the first time. The better team did not win that football game. And then the Cowboys validated what I had to say when they beat the brakes off of them after they got taken apart, meaning the Eagles, by the San Francisco 49ers. 
but I don't know what's happened to that football team in Philadelphia. I know, <laughs> I, I know Jalen Hurts. He's going to slow play it. He's going to be the right Reverend Jalen Hurts with the congregation saying, remain calm, my brothers and sisters. Remain calm, my fellow babies. Everything is going to be fine, even though i got to worry about my finger. You feel like you'll be able to practice today like normal? Or... want to see. Have you attempted to try and throw? I have not. I have not. Um, obviously, uh, leaving that game um, and attempting to go back in that game probably wasn't physically the best idea. Um, not having much control over the things that I wanted to do. But um, time time will tell with that, and I can assure you everything's progressing in the right way. I know he wants to make sure that everything is positive. The power of positive thinking by the right Reverend Jalen Hurts from the <laughs> Philadelphia Baptist Church of Eagledom. I understand that he wants to make sure we're going to figure this out. I still wonder if they're going to. To me, they have no business losing to Tampa Bay on Monday night. I don't care if they're playing on the road. They're a, a two-point favorite in this game, so Vegas knows something. But if they don't win that game, based on what we've seen, we know there's a certain owner named Jeffrey Lurie that does not want to hear that after you started 10-1, and one, and last season you were this close to beating Kansas City and winning that Super Bowl. Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Rose when the general manager have shown, if they don't believe things are regressing the way that they should, they'll move on from a head coach. Ask Doug Peterson, barely two years removed, and they got rid of him after he won a Super Bowl for the first time ever in the history of that organization. Yeah, that's a good point, Freddie. And I will also say within this matchup, I don't think it's the best of matchups for the Philadelphia Eagles. When you look at some of the strong suits of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they like to do, Baker Mayfield has played really well this season. we got to give credit where credit is due. So I commend him for facing that adversity, probably understanding that this is your last opportunity to showcase that you can be a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and he was able to do that. you got 2,000-yard receivers on this roster for Tampa and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I don't know how in the hell the Philadelphia Eagles are going to defend them. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you look at the opposite side for Tampa and you look at that defense and how you still have playmakers on that side of the ball and a Todd Bowles who understands that the Philadelphia Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts has struggled against the blitz this season, they're going to blitz him left and right. So I mm-hmm. want to see in this ball game, you know, Brian Johnson, what plan do you have versus the blitz? Right. What are the route combinations? Mm-hmm. What are the patterns that they're going to run? What are yeah. you going to do differently than what you showed me versus the New York Giants in a defensive coordinator in Week Martindale? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do differently than what you showed me against Dan Quinn on Sunday Night Football in Dallas? Because both of those teams got the best of your offense. Right. So something has to change. And, Freddie, I'll go here really quick for Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my case one more time for Dallas. Go ahead. When they got the number two seed, and basically if they win, guaranteed two home games, and you're on the opposite side of San Francisco, so you wouldn't meet them to the NFC Championship game, plus being 8-2 and two at, home, eight, eight, no, at home, I think they could ill afford to lose this weekend. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. They've won 16 in a row at home. They're playing a Green Bay Packers team that has been a lot better in terms of being a primetime team, getting to the playoffs with Jordan Love in his first year as a starting quarterback. But all that smoke I'm hearing out of Philadelphia, that Nick Sirianni could be coaching for his job. He shouldn't, but stranger things have happened. When you go from being 10-1 and and people said, man, that's the most mentally tough team in the National Football League, good luck beating them, to looking like a bunch of fragile guys mentally and physically when it comes to Philadelphia 
in the final part of the regular season. And I'll tell you what a head coach should never do when a post-game presser or any presser is get up there when your team is losing game, multiple games in a row, mm-hmm. or you have one win in the last five games or, 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 or one win in the last six games, and people ask you what's wrong, and yeah. what comes out of your mouth is you don't know. You, you got, yeah. You're trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah, whoa. Yeah. yeah, you do not want to be – yeah. Time out. Yeah, you don't want to. What be, do you mean? That's what you're hired for. Exactly. You don't want to be Coach Klein in a bourbon bowl in the water bowl. No. Anybody got an idea? No. Anybody? That was Nick Sirianni. He was like Coach Klein at halftime of the Bourbon Bowl, but the water boy's not showing up to bail out the Philadelphia Eagles. If you feel that way, you don't tell the world. You exactly. keep it to yourself. Yeah. You, you keep it on Planet Sirianni. Yep. You don't share it to anybody else. So which team can ill afford to lose on NFL Super Wildcard Weekend involving the Cowboys or the Eagles? And Kalen DeBoer is going to be the man that Alabama has chosen to replace Nick Saban as head football coach. What do you think about both of those? We want to hear from you in the Dr. Pepper call on line. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Kalen DeBoer is going to replace Nick Saban in Alabama. And which team can ill afford to lose on NFL Super Wildcard Weekend that starts tomorrow between the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry. And this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Well, Alabama fans be saying that about their new head coach. Looks like Kalen DeBoer of Washington is going to take the place of Nick Saban. And which team can ill afford to lose this? Can ill afford to lose this weekend between the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles? He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman in this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80, and also tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Can't wait to hear from you at Triple Eight Say ESPN. 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper calling line. Weighing on Kalen DeBoer replacing Nick Saban as Alabama's new head coach. It seems that that's going to not just happen. It has already happened. And the Cowboys-Eagles, which which team can ill afford to lose on NFL Super Wild Card Weekend? Jarvis in Atlanta, what you got to say, my friend? Hey, guys, it's great to be on with you. Listen to your show uh, from the first episode, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm excited about DeBoer's. I think um, one thing that I'm interested to see is uh, how the boosters interact with them. Obviously, for the last 17 years, we've had a sheriff with Saban in town that's uh, commanded control of the program, but now they're getting the program back with the coach that doesn't have as much uh, gravitas as Saban did. So I think that's going to be important to success, how much autonomy he has, if he has any at all. Um, you know, down in the South, the, the boosters, they – have an outsized influence on these programs at Auburn. You know, certainly that's the case, and it hadn't been the case there recently with Saban. But um, that's going to be interesting. And then secondly, if we can continue to recruit, right, because with Saban, obviously at a certain point where you have so many assistants hired away from you, it becomes easier to game plan for you. I think that's kind of what we read into here recently. But the one thing you can't game for is the talent that he was able to amass here at Alabama. So uh, it's going to be interesting times, but I'm excited to see how it plays out. Now I would say this. Um, I, I think he bring, Jarvis brings up some great points he because really I actually seen Texas go through this after Mac Brown, mm-hmm. and there were times uh, amongst head coaches where you know boosters at some point they weren't on board, and you've seen the discourse, and it took all the way to Steve Sarkeesian right. before we seen the Texas Longhorns back on a national stage in national prominence, mm-hmm. like we seen them be with Mac Brown. Now, I will say this for Alabama as well. Moving forward, 2024 season, you have Georgia on your schedule. You have Tennessee. 
You have Missouri, LSU, Oklahoma, Auburn, and you got to go to Wisconsin. So things aren't going to be, you know, cookies and cream. You right. you have a, a, a pretty tough schedule um, be, because of, you know, Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC. So I think I think Kalen DeBoer is going to be – he's going to be okay. Yeah. I really do. When that press conference happens, mark my words, Nick Saban's going to be there because I firmly believe Nick Saban had a lot to do with Kalen DeBoer replacing him and Greg Byrne making that call as athletic director of Alabama. Speaking of that great state, Miles in Alabama, what you got to say, my friend? First, let me tell you guys that I love your show, even though I am a Saints fan, Harry. So don't 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 get mad at me about that. Uh, I'll spare you this time, Miles. I'll spare you this time, Miles. I promise I'll spare you this time. <laughs> wow. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But um, it's funny to hear these kids that are in school right now. Like I heard some kid on on a local station just the other day. She came to Alabama because of the football coach. I was like, you don't do that. No, no, no. Because they don't remember the days of Mike Dubose and Mike Price. <laughs> so, and y'all need, y'all need to thank God that we had Mr. Mister Saban for as long as we did. You know? And I, I think it was one of you guys that had said the um, – had said the numbers were so so interesting, you know, between uh, Belichick and Saban, nine SEC championships for Saban mm-hmm. and six national championships mm-hmm. and uh, nine AFC championships for, uh, uh, Belichick. for Belichick and six Super Bowl wins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's okay. <laughs> he does bring up a point in terms of a lot of Alabama fans it's very easy to forget those days but Miles plenty of kids go to a school because of the athletics plenty of kids go to UConn because of the basketball team not saying UConn's a bad school plenty of kids go to Alabama because of what Nick Saban's been able to do with that program I can't even qualify or quantify how much money he's made for Tuscaloosa as a city and Alabama as a school by all the success he had over a 17-year period. Yeah, we had college game day uh, down there twice, and I see the festivities that go on for a big ball game in which they had one against Texas and also LSU this season. Mm-hmm. They went one-on-one in those matchups. There are a lot of students that went to Alabama because, number one, Nick Saban was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, The education is all well and good, but – as Bear Bryant once said, it's kind of hard to rally around a math class. It's a lot easier to do that around a football program and a basketball program, especially when they are winning. What are the best bets for NFL Super Wildcard Weekend that could make you richer by Tuesday? Somebody who has great insight on that will make sure that she puts more money in your pocket by Monday. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.